You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Um, is um, I'm going to typically I would give you a scripture and then I give you the title and all that type of stuff but I'm going to be doing some teaching as far as this series is concerned um, and the series is called margin um, and I'm going to um, I don't know I'm gonna jump around I don't know how I'm gonna land at it we're gonna get through it somehow but uh, this is my introduction to uh, the series on margin and today I want to talk about guardrails want to talk about guardrails. Will you look at someone and ask them, do you have guardrails? Guardrails. That's why I want to talk about guardrails today. Um, before I get into guardrails, I want to define margin and what margin is. So also, I, I said this to many of you and some, I just said it to Aaron a few weeks ago. For those people who don't know, if you download the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or you already have that, um, go to the YouVersion Bible app and go over to the events part of YouVersion and type in Growth Point Church. All my notes that I teach from, they're always there. So you can already go there. You can email them to yourself. You can text them to a friend, all that type of stuff. So you can go ahead on the YouVersion Bible app and all my notes are already there for you. Um, now, margin, as we get through this series, um, is defined as it is the part of a page or a sheet outside the main body of printed or a written matter. It is the part of a page or sheet that is outside the main body of a printed or a written matter. What that means is if you have a book or if you have a paper or whatever it is you have, the words of that particular document is always going to be written in a format that is in the margin. If there was no margin to the books that you have or if there was no margin to the papers that we write, then the paper, the words would be all over the screen and it would be out of order. We would look at a book and be like, this book has no order to it. Well, my question is, and my second de definition of margin is, it is a spare amount or measure or degree allowed or given for contingencies or special situations. What that means is, it is the area of which I have given myself room to allow for unexpected occurrences. Margin, like it's not just something for a book, it's not just something for a paper, but it's also I've given myself margin just in case something happens, just in case anything goes on. It, I, I have that margin that's allowed me to be able to have the space. And I want to ask a question as we move into this series, and I know I've called this a financial series, but um, today I'm not even going to talk about finances. I'm going to allude to it, but I'm not even going to talk about it because for many of you all and many of us, and I say us, not just you, all of us, many of us do not have margin in our life. Margin in our life means uh, for your paper, your paper, your, your words are just all across the page. And then when it comes to um, giving us enough time or space to be able to allow for unexpected occurrences or whatever they might be, we have no margin. How do I know this? Church starts at one o'clock every Sunday currently right now until we add another experience. We start at one o'clock. My question for many of you all is what time did you leave your house? You know church happens every single Sunday. When did you lay out your clothes? 
see the holy hush through the church. All of that. So a lot of times we church starts at one. We get on the road at 1245 and then we start cussing the person out in front of us because we're late. I'm not even going to touch the teams. I'm not even going to touch that. I'm just talking about our life. Our jobs are supposed to be, we're supposed to be at our jobs at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or whatever it might be. We leave at whatever time and then we're texting our boss, our coworker, whatever. And we're just like, hey, traffic is bad. My iron got, it's my iron's not working. My child just got sick. All that type of stuff we have, we're living on edge. That's a life of no margin. To have words at the edge of a sheet is to mean that, that wor the words are, are going too far. Is your life going too far to the edge? Are you stressed because you have no margin? To have no margin, now, but the thing is, according to the culture, culture is marginless. Kingdom has margin. So it is, it is culture for you to be stressed. It is culture for us to always be in a hurry. It is culture for us not to have time to do anything. It is culture for that because that's just how we do. So there used to be a time, I promise you, just a hundred years ago, not even a hundred years ago, where families used to sit down at the table. Used to be a time when I no, let me let me clarify that even make it even tighter. It used to be a time where we sat around the table without devices. We had no distraction other than the food. I don't like this or whatever, all that stuff. But it had nothing to do with people going on dates and on Facebook at the same time while they're on a date. Usually, we used to go to the movies and not have screens glowing while we're watching the movie at the same time. But according to culture, we say we're able to multitask, but really you're not able to multitask because we're present, but we're not here. Because while I'm listening to you, I'm also engaged in somebody who doesn't even know me. It is a life of no margin. Look at someone say, it's going to be tight. It's just going to be tight. It's just going to be tight. It's really going to be. It's going to be tight. I want y'all to know that. That's why I let, I let Brandon shout y'all to a frenzy last week. Because I, I have no intention of shouting you today. I wore this outfit so I wouldn't sweat. So guardrails, when you look and you drive on the street, if you drive on New Circle Road, you see guardrails. What are guardrails? It is there designed to usually make sure it keeps you away from danger, especially a barrier that is placed along the edge of the highway at dangerous points. Like sometimes when you go around a certain corner, there will especially be a guardrail to make sure that if you're speeding at a certain limit that you don't go off the road. Have you gone off the road recently? Guardrails are there to keep you safe. Are you in danger mode right now? Because you've seen guardrails, but we've ignored the guardrails that are there. Guardrails are there to keep you safe. Look at someone say, it's there to keep me safe. It's there to keep me safe. The only reason that guardrails are there is not for decoration. It's there as a warning. To say you're almost at the edge. 
you're too close. Can I just make sure I'm preaching the wrong people? How, how many of you are right now, right now would just honestly say, I feel like I'm at the edge? Thank you. I just want to make sure. Half the church. You feel like you're at the edge, and it's because it's not that guardrails are not there, but it's that a lot of us have ignored the guardrails that are there. You can shout all day long, but also be in danger mode. Because you're living too close to the edge. Uh, that's a song. Ain't that a song too? I'm living too close. All right, good. I'm living too close to the edge. Now, uh, when I was growing up, my teachers used to tell me to color in the lines. How many of y'all had teachers like that? They said, color in the lines. When you, when you draw, color in the lines. Don't get out the lines. And they would lovingly, if you had a good teacher, they would lovingly come, Mama Carol, and they would come and they would say, hey, stay in the lines. Stay in the lines. And then there was some, you know, rebellious shout, just be all over the picture or whatever. Um, but you always had to stay in the lines. And then over time, when we got older, most of our friends start telling us, oh, don't stay in the lines. Start living outside the box. Just, cut, just, just be free. You can be who you want to be. Just color, just color however you want to. It's not the, I know in the crayon it says it's brown, but it doesn't have to be brown if you don't want it to be brown. I know the crayon says orange, but it doesn't have to be orange. If orange offends you, it doesn't have to be orange. Y'all ready for me? The color says red, but if you don't want it to be red, if your mama says it's not red, it is not red. It can be whatever color you want it to be. So now we have so many marginless, confused people because nobody knows where the lines are anymore. I'm not even talking about church. I'm not even talking about God. I'm talking about you can go into a bathroom and everything's marginless. It's whatever we feel it to be. I don't understand why even half my pastors are quiet and I am teaching the truth. Just because you don't like it don't mean it ain't truth. There used to be a time where the lines were clearly drawn. You knew exactly what they were. But now, color how you want. Live how you want. It doesn't even matter what age you are. Whatever you want to do, color how you want. And I have no issue with you coloring how you want, but I do have issues with you seeing demons in the night. I do have issues with you cutting on yourself. I do have issues with you not knowing who you are, and we're celebrating you coloring out the lines. And I'm saying the wages of sin is still death. You can have all the colors you want, but if you live a marginless life, you're living too close to the edge. You're getting ready to wreck yourself. Come here, NDRE. Slow down, baby. You're moving too fast. Got your hands in the air and your foot on the gas. You're going to wreck your future, running from your path. You better slow down, baby. Look at someone say, slow down. Just slow down. Because if you're living to the edge, you're in danger zone. And there are many of you all right now who would really be honest to say, I keep hearing alerts, but I ignore them. If you have a good car like Pastor Stacia, all of us don't have it. But for those who do, 
if you get too close to another car, it'll beep because you're too close. Are you too close to judging somebody else's life that you're not even in your own lane anymore? Could you be so worried about what somebody else is doing in their own lane that you're not even listening to your own alerts? You're too close to the edge. Tell somebody, you're too close. You're too close. I'm coming for you. I, I, I went to sleep early. I'm ready for you. I am ready. Took my alpha, took my alpha medicine so I could have my brain alert when it went over the Whole Foods. I'm ready for you. Yes. So when we go to this particular thing, Margin, and I didn't give you these notes, Ari. Margin is not, and you write this down in your notes for those of you, blessed are they who write notes for they shall see God. Margin is not a spiritual necessity, but availability is. Say it one more time. Margin is not a spiritual necessity, but availability is. If you're living on the edge, you're not available. The Wall Street Journal came out with an article a while ago and it said that we are so marginless that we don't even have time for friendship anymore. We are so busy, I don't have time for you anymore. On the edge. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about this. I'm more excited than y'all are. I'm asking this question as we look at this. I have a scripture that I want to give you that you may have never looked at this way, Deacon Sterling. You've never probably used it this way, but I want to give you a scripture that has margin. Are y'all ready? I said, are y'all ready? Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Verse 1 through 3 is all where I'm going to go. And it goes like this. Psalm 23, verse 1. Let's quote it together. Just verse 1. Everybody say it together. 1, 2, 3. Stop. The Lord is my shepherd. It comes from the word Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The first area of margin that God will give you is in your provision. God will provide for you. Someone just holler out right now. God will provide for me. God will provide for me. He will give you daily what you need. Every day he will give you what. Is there anybody who's gone through any day that you didn't have what you need? Anybody in here who said you didn't have what you need? It might not have been what you wanted. But he'll always give you what you need. When I was growing up, sometimes I would come in the house and my, I could tell based on the smell or the aroma when I walked in the room what mama had cooked. Sometimes I would come in the house and it would be um, chicken and dumplings. And I didn't like chicken and dumplings. Don't look at me in that tone of voice, Stephanie. I didn't like chicken and dumplings. You judge me? I'm still going to heaven. I didn't like chicken and dumplings. And what happens is, Kiana, is when I would come in the house and smell chicken and dumplings and I said I didn't like it, Mama said, well, this is what I cook. This is what we're eating or you find something else. Now, we go to Chick-fil-A for you. I go to Wendy's for you. I go to wherever for myself. By the time we get home, we got five different bags of food for everybody's marginless life. Mama had to find the margin. This is what I'm cooking. 
You don't have to like it. But this is what I worked for. This is what I shop for. And if you don't like it, get in the kitchen, get in the, uh, get in the refrigerator and get you some leftovers because there ain't nothing else being cooked today. But for us who we don't parent anymore, now our children are our friends. I don't want to offend you because I'm scared of you. So if you don't like what I cook, matter of fact, you don't like what I cook because I don't know how to cook. I'm going to another church. I'm going to start another one next week. So this, this is not going like I thought it was. Journey, pray for me. Journey, can you come up and complete my message? It's not working. I don't cook. Even though I have older people from another generation around me who could teach me how, but because I have no time to go sit at somebody else's house to learn from them and how they spice stuff and how they do things. And I don't know Mama. Uh, I don't know Mother Higgins. I don't know Mama Carol. And I don't know Mama Joanne. And I don't want to know them. I see them at church, but I don't have relationship with them. And because I have no relationship with them, I go to Chick-fil-A and I have to go buy another meal tomorrow because they used to show me how to cook for a meal that would last for days. But all I I eat it only lasts for today used to say a way to a man's heart was through food but you can't get me with food no more because you don't cook so now the man you have ain't yours and the other one you want you ain't gonna get him either But there used to be a time that I didn't have to know everything, but I surrounded myself with community that could teach me things. There used to be a time, there used to be a time, Kamisha, where I did, Miles was not just my child, he was Stacia's child, he was Stephanie's child, he was Sandra's child. By the time he got to me, he got in trouble by four people because everybody took, but now don't say nothing to my child, don't talk to my child, my child is mine, don't say nothing to him, don't talk to him, who are you to talk to him? And now your child's getting shot, we don't even know who your child is until they get on WLEX, until they get in WKYT and then we say whose child is that because you never let me parent your child too marginless I don't like the way you talk to them so what it's either I talk to them or they get in prison and they talk to them which one you want me or do you want the prison guard which one because they don't care about their feelings. And mama, you don't get to see them except for visitation hours. Do you want them right now with hurt feelings or do you want them with locked up? Marginless. Well, we do anything and everything. But he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Everything I need is in him. And now this is the part about a shepherd's life. A shepherd's life is a slow-paced life. You can't be a shepherd and be in a hurry. Because to be a shepherd means I care for people other than myself. To be a shepherd means I'm responsible for sheep. That means I'm responsible for the care and the nurture of other people. 
But you cannot care for other people when you're a TikTok star. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with social algorithms, nothing wrong with it at all. But how can you have better algorithms than you have relationships? My algorithms, what I see on social media engages me more than the people that I'm in a relationship with. But the Lord is your shepherd. So if the Lord has time for you, why don't we have time for others? <laughs> the pace of a shepherd is considering. Now hear this. When David said he's my shepherd, David was not writing this in a position of a king. He wasn't in a king. He wasn't a king yet. He was still a shepherd. So he was out there not writing from the vantage point of being in king places. He was writing in the vantage ship of being in servant places. So when he said the Lord provide everything I needed, he wasn't saying that I'm, I'm in a position because later on David became a king. And he had servants. He had people that would provide for him and feed him, all that type of stuff. David is still out in the field trusting God for his supply. Some of you are right now not in the position you will be in. You're at a position right now where you're trusting God for every single thing that happens in your life. Can we just have a witness in the room that say, I'm at a season of trusting him. I'm just at a season. I don't know how it's going to work out. I, I don't know what my children are doing. I don't know what's going on. But God, he, he writes this saying, as I have been for these sheep, the Lord has been to me. As I have provided for these sheep who cannot provide for themselves, he has provided for me. The best position you can be in is total dependency on God. The best place you can ever be in is saying, Lord, I can't do it. We're at a place right now in our church life, not in a bad place, just in a place where I'm like, Lord, if you don't do it, I don't know how you're going to do it. It's only you. I can't do it. I can't out-preach it. We can't out-sing it. Lord, we're in a complete dependency season, and that is the opportunity for you to see God move the most. When you finally lift your hands and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee, there is no other help I know. If you withdraw, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Can we lift our hands and say, God, only you can do it. Only, only you can do it. Philippians, the fourth chapter, Pastor Stacia, can you read this? Uh, Philippians, the fourth chapter and verse 19, and it says this. And my God shall supply all your need. How much? All your need. How much? All your need. Yeah. According to his riches. Hold on. According to his what? Riches. Why y'all think God's broke? Why do you think that because you don't have it, God don't have it? Read it one more time. And my God shall Hold on. He what? My God shall. It didn't say might. It didn't say he's thinking about it. He didn't say he's checking a list to see who's naughty or nice. He says he shall. What, what that means is tell somebody he's good for it. Go on. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, hold on one second. We, we just messed one word up, and I know you got a doctorate degree, so I'm so sorry. I don't want to correct you phonetically. But we always say, and my God shall supply all your needs. We put an S on it. Do you know God so big that he can answer one need that answers all my needs? 
God can answer one need and it can spill over to my needs, plural. Have you ever had God answer one prayer and it worked out all the other things in your life? Have you ever had a season that you prayed about many things but he answered one thing and it took care of all things? Can we give God praise that he's a need meter, not just needs. He can provide my needs and he's so glorious and he's so great and he's so big that so much of God spills over to Monday. It spills over to Tuesday. It spills over to Wednesday. It spills over to Thursday. I prayed about it on Sunday, but he reached over to Saturday and said, why in Sunday? I'm already stepped into your future. God will supply all my need. He's a good God that's not just cared about today. Time is nothing to him. You worried about Monday. God's already in May. You worried about the things you have for 2023. God's in 2025. Saying, I'm preparing the way for where you're going. I'm clearing out the bush. I'm, I'm clearing out people. You don't have to delete friends. I'll move them out the way. You don't have to worry about people. I'm handling stuff. You don't know nothing about. We used to sing a song. No, not we didn't sing a song. But Miss, uh, Miss Linda Jackson of my daddy's church, a First Baptist uh, church in Nicholasville, she would get up and she would testify. She said, Lord, thank you for helping me. And from, thank you for keeping me from danger seen and unseen. Have you ever thanked God for the attacks that never got to you? Have you ever given God praise, not for the stuff you heard about, but for the stuff he never let come to your house, for the stuff that never came to your mind? I know you're worried about one thing, but have you thanked God for the ten things that never came to you? Can we open up our mouth and praise him for stuff that never happened? Thank you for what could have but didn't. Stuff I was worried about that didn't ever, never even happen. Person I was worried about showing up didn't even get the invitation. Thank you. I was wondering if I was going to see them at the wedding reception and she didn't even invite them. And I'm sitting here worried, trying to fit. Does this dress fit right? And he ain't even worried about you. Thank God for people who are no longer with you than they have no teeth anyway. Thank God for keeping you. Thank you. The Lord is my shepherd. This is this coming alive to you. The Lord, not just is your neighbor's shepherd, he's yours. He doesn't forget your name like we do. He knows every hair on your head. He knows the hair you brought and the hair that's yours. Don't we thank him? He's a God of weave. He ain't just worried about Derby. He's worried about the horse you got on right now. He, he loves you. You don't have to wait for a reef. Put your reef on right now. Say, I won this Derby. Someone say, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I want y'all to laugh because I'm going deeper. Because then it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. The next area of margin is, he will give you a margin for health for your body, which means how I live. My question is, how's your body? How's your health? It's going to get quiet because you don't want to talk about that. Tabitha Brown ain't coming today. Don't worry about it. Very good. But how's your health? He makes me lie down. This is the part. In green pastures. Real pastures. Low grass that's at a level that I can reach. Grass at a level that I am able to consume. He leads me to green pasture. He makes, this is the part, Joy, he makes me lie down. Why does God have to cause circumstances in our life to happen that we have no choice but to go lay down? Go lay down like I have to because I have lived so far on the edge that he has to make me lie down because I won't do it on my own. Shepherds know sheep are so stubborn that they literally have to grab the sheep and bend its legs for it to lay down because sheep will eat themselves into obesity because they don't know when to stop. So he has to go to each sheep, bend their legs for them to lay down and say, that's enough. How many times has God had to tap you and say, that's enough? How many times has God caused us to look at life? I'm not talking about food. Come on, I ain't judging you. Look at things where we have consumed so much that we don't know how to stop. I'm only going to get on Instagram for 30 minutes. And three hours later, I'm only going to be on Facebook for a few minutes. I'm only going to send three videos to somebody today. That's all I'm going to do. And 15 videos later, And to the point that by the end of the day, you never bent your knees. To the point that God kept trying to bend them, but it's like, just one more video. Just one more screenshot. Just one more thing. He leads me to green pastures, meaning green pastures are what's good for me. But why does he lead me to green pastures, but I keep settling for artificial turf? I would rather have what's artificial than what's real. So we settle for AI, I'm sorry. We settle for artificial stuff instead of real stuff. So he has to make me learn how to appreciate what's real because I've been settling for what's artificial. There are many people who don't know how to have real relationships because all of our relationships are with people we've never met. So when I sit in front of you, I don't know what to say to you because all, all I do is text you. I 
don't know how to communicate with you because all I do is share videos with you. I've never shared me with you. <laughs> is this scripture ever looking? So here it is. He makes me lie down because I won't. He makes me be still because I won't. Someone say, Lord, I don't want you to make me. I don't, I don't want you to make me. So when it comes to, oh, I forgot. Thank you. Thank you, Mama Doris. Thank you for reminding me of that. I want to go back to point one for a second. Because God will provide all you need. But what happens when you're asking God to do a miracle because you didn't appreciate what he gave you? All right. Here I go. That's where you can get real quiet. Your budget says this, but your spending says this. So here I go, Sister Latanya. So when we ask you to give to the church, I can't because I've overextended my budget. How can I give to God when I need him to be? I need him to be Jehovah Jireh because I have extended my budget. My budget said this, but I needed a card that said that. I got a raise on my job and I also raised my spending. Y'all ain't ready for me today. So he is the God that provides. But what happens when you have stretched God to have to do miracle after miracle because you always on edge. I have no ledger. I have no balance. I don't know my spending habits. I just spend. I swipe. I do everything. I just do because I'm marginless. So one day I swipe and there's no money in there. I blame the ATM instead of my spending marginless habits. Woo, Jesus. Take me somewhere, Jesus. Calgon, take me away. But what happens when we can't manage our budget? We always need God to do a miracle. God, get me out of this again. Lord, you know the first is coming. It comes every month. You know my car knows coming. It comes every month. Yeah. Did you, he provides my need. Did you need the car or did you want it? Did you need the outfit or did you want it? To entertain people who don't pay attention to you anyway. I'm going to club to go get me somebody so I can get snatched and find somebody. I'm going to give them a little snack. Find somebody. Girl, they are high. They ain't paying no attention to you. You are not what they're drinking tonight. It starts with a henny and it ends with a C. And you ain't it. You see how I did it? Y'all need a pastor like me because y'all don't need the ones who had the robes on it like, ain't he all right? Y'all need somebody who knows about what you got in your cupboards. Come on, thank God for your pastor in these days. I ain't old yet. I ain't up here saying, I don't know what the young people doing. Child, I know about the gummies. I ain't talking about gummy bears. All right. Someone said, watch it now. I'm watching you. Trying to figure out if you're spiritual or are you... 
I'm sorry, excuse me. My bad. All right. Come out of it. Y'all on live, don't y'all go to another church. Stay right there. All right. He makes me lie down in green pastures in real things. So I'm saying that to say as I try to wrap it up as we go to this mark. This is just introduction of the series. I haven't got to the series, it's just an introduction. To ask the question. Pastor Stacia, go to 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink. That's the Hennessy. Go ahead. Go back. <laughs> My bad. Go back. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How much of what you eat gives glory to God? I didn't know that it had anything to do with God. If it gives you diabetes, is it giving glory to God? If what you're consuming gives you high blood pressure, are you always needing God to heal your body because you haven't caused your eating habits to line up to give glory to God? Did you need the third helping and the second helping? Am I just because you went to prom right now and you turned up don't mean I can't be turned up on this stage. I know I'm getting, I'm, I'm not going to stay here too long, but I'm saying, does everything have to be handled with surgery? And I'm not against it. I'm not against, do not, I'm not judging your snatch life. I know you got to get summer body ready. I know. Lizzo was just here. Nobody shame. None of that. Your fabulous self. Just look at somebody and say, you're fabulous. Don't look at a man and say that. Do not look at a man and say, you're fabulous. Do not. I know what they say about this church, but don't believe what you heard. See, y'all got uncomfortable right there. Y'all like, what? Come on. I ain't dumb. It ain't it. Don't believe what you heard. Anyhow, all right, let me come back. But is what is it that you need diet after diet after diet that does nothing? <laughs> Why won't y'all let me teach? Do you need it? Or can you adjust so that your life and body can give glory to God? Did I not just tell you that it doesn't, you, uh, margin is not a necessity, but availability is. So if you're not available because you're always sick, you're not in spiritual alignment. If you're not available because you can't go to bed at night because you're always, got, it's just too much. You're eating so much and consuming and you're swelled up. You can't even fit in your shoes, all that type of stuff. If you're always needing medication because of your eating habits, how much glory is God getting in that? And this is, this is, this is part, this is anti-church culture right here. Thank you, Ryan. I'm here. This is anti-church culture because you're used to pastors with a big belly eating chicken coming to your house in the afternoon. I'm so sorry. Y'all don't, don't, want to be real. Pastor's coming over to dinner today. Y'all don't eat before he eats because he's got to bless the food. The pastor and the first lady got to eat first. And because the pastor and the first lady eat first, that's why he died first. (laughs) 
I don't know what y'all talking about, but, but God is good and he, he's going to make a way and he, he's going to be the bridge over trouble waters. And, and I don't know what y'all talking about, but God, ah, yes. Dine at the table. Pastor, you don't preach so well. We need to invite you over. Leave me alone. Tell the pastor to go on a fast. Okay, all right. This is not judgment, but what I am asking, the question is, if my, okay, I'll, let me, I'll answer it with scripture. 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 25. I'll answer it with that. Every athlete exercises self-control. This is a coach. Say it again. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So how am I going to tell you to get your health right? And I'm up here. Yeah. Lest I preach to you and be a hypocrite. I can't tell you to be good and be well and be healthy. Because if you're not available, that means you're dead. And there are so many people that live for God right, but you live for yourself wrong. Like you live for God, but you don't live for yourself and for your children and for your grandchildren. So you can't enjoy them because you can't even walk with them anymore because every walk you out of breath. How much glory is God getting out of that? But he says, I discipline myself or I put disciplines in my life. Less by sharing the gospel with somebody else, I myself should be disqualified. I don't want to be disqualified. I want discipline. Somebody just lift your hands right now and say, Lord, give me discipline. Give me discipline. There's nothing wrong with eating ribs. I go over to Jay Alexanderson and give me some ribs. But do you need the full slab or the half? <laughs> do you need the croissants and the fries? <laughs> Come on, church. Y'all have me teaching and y'all like, yes. Y'all are not helping a brother out today trying to teach the holy word and y'all sitting there like yes lord this is the church you gave me jesus have mercy he leads me beside he leaves he makes me to lie down in green pastures what i'm saying is for those of you i mean hear me I, it's not judging you i'm not and i'm not hear me to judge you is judge me and when i point fingers you is pointing back at me i'm not sharing anything with you i'm not challenging I myself, while I work out and while I try to adjust my eating habits and stuff like that, because I want to be here. I don't want to be your pastor and die of a heart attack. Because I lived on the edge. We can't be so spiritual and non-disciplined. Discipline is a spiritual principle. We can be disciplined. How many just say, I need more discipline? That's all it is. It's not that you can't eat, but you don't have to eat all of it. Not everything. You don't have to eat my plate and your plate. Give me that. You ain't finished that. You keep yours. I'm putting mine in the microwave later. Anyhow, 
I discipline my body. That's, that's, that's where he gives me health. All right, I'm through. Can y'all handle more? Yeah. All right. I'm just mad because Amaya was mad at me. It was just her, her tone. I was going to call Shalita and be like, get your child. So God will give you margin in provision. He will give you margin in health, which is your body. Y'all ready for this? He will lead me in the, he, he, hold on. He makes me lie down in green pastures. This is the part right here. And he leads me beside still waters. He will also give me uh, a margin for my health regarding my mental capacity. PJ, you are only meant to handle so much on your mind. I can't handle all y'all's problems. Me is a 24-hour job. I'm so sorry. Your emergency is not mine. But you're the pastor. Yes, but I'm only one person. I can't be straight. We only have so much capacity. Look at someone say, I only have so much capacity. What that means is how I operate. It's like my system. If you, if you overload your system, it will shut down. Had any of y'all ever had a computer that was slow? It's, those of you who used to have Windows, y'all remember you turning on all of a sudden and it's saying updating. When is the last time God updated your capacity? Some of you are in system overload right now. You can't focus because you're in overload right now. You are in system overload. But here it is, Psalm 46 and verse 10. Is this helping anybody? I hope it is. I'm trying to help you. I am. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says this. Read that, Pastor Station. Be still. Huh? St Say it again. Be still. If I was in another place and somewhere, if y'all know song, y'all don't know the song like this, but the prophet wrote the song and said, have several seats. Be still. Not be in a hurry. Be still. After that, what's it say? And know that I am God. You can't know he's God if you're in a hurry. How can you get to know somebody and you're in a rush? I can't get to know God because I'm in a hurry all the time. Be still. Someone say, be still. He says, be still and know that I am God. Go ahead. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Read the message version real quick. We're going to do that. Psalm 4610 in the message translation says this. Step out of the traffic. Listen here. Traffic. That means some of y'all are in rush hour in your mind. There's so much stuff going on. And it's just it's like standstill traffic. That I can't seem to focus because I feel like my mind's on rush hour. Not New Circle Road, not Nicholasville Road, my mind's on rush hour. I can't get to where I'm going because every time I have another stop, every time I have another thought, there's another stoplight. My mind is overlaid. Is there anybody that can be honest and say, my mind's overwhelmed? Just thank you. Thank you for all the whole church, Lord Jesus. My, my, my mind's in rush hour. It's not the cars. It's the constant traffic of my mind. It won't stop. So he goes on and says, do it again. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me. Your high God above politics. Who cares if Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are running again? Look at Jesus above politics, 
above all that stuff. He says, above everything. When is the last time you looked to Jesus? When is the last time you looked above it all and stepped out of that traffic? I got a point here. I gave you these notes, I think, Ari. We overcommit our lives and undercommit to God's call. We overcommit our lives. So much so that I undercommit to God's call. What does that mean? I can't serve on the worship team because I'm overcommitted. I can't give to the building fund because I'm overcommitted. I can't serve on any team because my life is over. I'm on five boards in the city. It's quiet in this wonderful serving church. I'm so present in the city that I have no more ability to be present in the church. Skip children's ministry. My child, I'm overcommitted. Baseball, football, basketball, the arts. I'm overcommitted. I come to church to go like a drive-thru to get what you, what you cooked. I only drive through it for you to give me my order. And then I go back to my overcommitted life. So I overcommit in my schedule and undercommit to God. But yet I want God. I want God to bless me even though I'm undercommitted to him. I'm overcommitted to you but undercommitted to him. How's that work? Are y'all hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth? Tuesday night, half of y'all won't be here. Because my schedule is overcommitted. I'm the pastor, I can say it. Sunday, it's drive-through time. Give me a hot, fresh, ready. I only go to Krispy Kreme when the light's on. So the church light's on, I come because it's hot and ready. I didn't even study for the word you're going to deliver me, but I want it. I didn't even pray you had a word for me today, but I just knew you pray. And I don't pray because I don't have time because I'm overcommitted in life. I don't even have time to pray. I'm so overcommitted that I can't tell you the last time I heard a scripture was when Pastor Brandon preached last Sunday. Because I'm so overcommitted that the only word I'm going to carry for the next seven days is the word you gave me. And if you don't preach it, I'm going to be wordless. Because I overcommit to my stuff. I am on Instagram, Facebook for hours and in prayer for 0.5 seconds. I don't know if anybody's going to shake my hand in the lobby, Pastor Caesar. I don't know. I don't know. Marginless. <laughs> I know y'all didn't come for this word, but I got it. You know the statement, Sister Nedra, we say all the time. It is the straw that broke a camel's back. You know we say that all the time. How many of y'all heard that statement? You know what that really means? Every camel is designed to only carry so much weight according to its structure, according to its makeup, it's only designed to carry so much weight. And in order for you, for the camel to operate effectively, it can only walk in what it's built to handle. But if you put something extra on top of what it's built to handle, even if it's as small as a straw, it will break the back of a camel. 
Even as if a little bit, it's not a big thing, but it's a little bit. And there are some of you who are walking around with broken backs because you keep adding straws to your schedule. It's just a little bit. It's just a little thing. But your bone structure, your, your genetic makeup is only designed to handle so much. And if you can't handle my stress and if you can't handle their drama, stop adding other people's lives on your already heavy load. Even if you say it's just a little bit, but a little bit will break you. And what happens is with breakage, Sister Aronisha, the thing about breaking is this. God can heal broken backs, but he won't heal them without visible scars attached to it. If you bend a little tree, a little sapling tree, it will snap back because you just bent it over. It was still growing and developing. But if you snap it, it can never grow again. And there are some of us who keep coming to God saying, God, heal my broken back. He's like, I'll heal it, but it will never be void of scars. Meaning, you will always see where you went too far to the edge. It will always be visible where you needed me to step in and correct your schedule because you kept getting to the point where you kept breaking. Handle what you can handle and don't handle what you can't handle. Even if it's a little straw. Look at someone and say, I can't handle your stuff. I just can't handle your stuff. All right, I'm done. The Lord is my shepherd. Y'all ain't never looked at the scripture the same way. Y'all like, I don't even like the scripture no more. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Provision. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Health, my body. He leads me beside the still waters. Health for my mind. This is the last part. And uh, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Health in my spiritual direction. He restores my soul. He is a wisdom God for me. He restores my soul. Someone say restore my soul. He restores my soul. He, he leads me to the point that I am where I need to be. When I wander away, he restores me and brings me back to the place I need to be at. He is my guide. He leads me. This is the thing about shepherds. Shepherds, there's a gate. You, have y'all ever heard uh, the song that says, um, um, <laughs> Lord, I was listening to the song the other day by Timothy Wright, and it says, you must come in at the door. Um, and I was talking, you know, he's the way, the truth, and the light, whatever. So I was talking to Miles, you know, as he's getting older, I'm trying to teach him the ways he should go in. So I'm teaching him and letting him listen to, you know, Karen, you know, the Clark sisters and the Winans and, you know, things that every child should know, you know, things like that. You know, so I'm trying to make sure that, you know, in the midst of him knowing all the other stuff, he knows about the ways of God. So anyhow, so we were listening to, you know, uh, uh, God's got a way you can't get over or whatever. And he's the way, you know, must come at the door. And I said, Miles, what does it mean when it says you must come in at the door? He said, um, I guess don't just stand there. I said, what? He said, he says you must come in at the door. So don't just stand there. I said, Miles, what does it have to do with the song? Don't just stand there. I said, Miles, who's the door? I don't know. 
I said, are you saved? He said, yes. I said, what's the door? The door is Jesus. He said, oh. I said, because Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. You can't come in any other way. So when it comes to sheep, there is always a gate that you access the sheep. There's always a gate that you access the sheep. And when the sheep go to sleep, they're vulnerable. So when sleep sheep, when sheep sleep, <laughs> that almost didn't come out right. When the sheep go to sleep, they are vulnerable. So what the shepherd does is the shepherd lays down in the gate to make sure that when a, when a, when a wolf or when a coyote tries to access the sheep that's on the other side, he can't get to the sheep without first coming through the shepherd. You can't get to the sheep unless you first get through the shepherd because the shepherd lays at the gate to say, I am the way that you come through and I won't give you access to any sheep unless you first fight with me. Can we give God praise that he stands at the door and he blocks the tree? No matter what tries to come at you, the shepherd lays there and says, you can't access them until you first come through me. He restores my soul. He makes sure that I am okay. He makes sure that I'm taken care of. He won't let anything overwhelm me or take my life. He gives me health, spiritual direction. But a lot of us are such in a hurry. I'm through here, musicians. We're such in a hurry that we don't get ourselves permission or time to get to know the Lord. For him to restore my soul. My soul means, and all the different things that are going on in me, in my emotional well-being, he keeps me together. Can we look at somebody and say, he keeps me together. He just keeps me together. When I would fall apart, he keeps me together. One songwriter said, he's the keeper of my soul. He keeps my soul. It's not that life's not trying to mess me up, but he keeps my soul. It's not that I didn't go through that, but he keeps my soul. It's not that I didn't go through hardships, but he keeps my soul. He is the keeper of my soul. He is the landlord of my soul. But a lot of us are such in a hurry that even right now, we're looking at our clock to see how much longer it's going to be. Not just church, but our relationship with God. How long should I pray? How long should I worship? How long should I read? Do you know this? Dr. Swinson says this. The clock and Christ are not close friends. God's not friends with the clock. He wants to spend time with you because we need to be restored. Not just you, I need to be restored. This world has beat us up so much that if we don't get restoration from God, it's not going to come from any other place. Someone lift your hand and say, God, restore me. But this is the last part I wrote down for your notes for us. Have we locked ourselves so into schedules that we've locked ourselves out of true encounters with God? Have we locked ourselves so much into schedules that we locked ourselves out of true encounters with God? I wrote this down. I, all right, this last point, I'm through here. We jump at our alarms and sleep through God's alerts. We jump at our alarms and sleep through God's alerts. 
there's a there's a um, Amber there's a movie we used to watch by Spike Lee a long time ago called School Days. And at the ending of the movie, the guys on the on the on the uh, campus, and all of a sudden at the ending of the movie, he hollers out to everybody on campus, "Wake up! Wake!" God is asking his church, wake up! Your life, our life, is so marginless that we don't even realize that we're sleeping. And God's trying to get our attention. You're living too far on the edge. You're too close to the edge. You're going to fall off. You're going to wreck your future. Wake up. Get some margin in your life. I want to give more to you, but I can't give more to you if you're already on the edge. I want to bless your finances, but I can't even touch your finances because your mind's on a rush. I can't even talk about having a budget. You don't even forgive. I can't talk to you about friendships with other people. You're not even friends at home. Marginless. I need you to color in the lines again because you're too off. You're too far. You don't even know where you can't even, you don't even remember where you lost it. I'm finished. Go ahead and play. I don't even, I don't even remember the exact place I lost it. I've been stressed so long that I don't remember when I wasn't. I've been so tired so long, I don't remember a time that I wasn't tired. And people ask me how I'm doing, child. That's been my response so long. Some, uh, we share horror stories with our friends because that's all we know to talk about. Because we're living such marginless life that I haven't, I can't tell you the last time I allowed him to restore my soul. The last time I sat with God long enough and I wasn't in a hurry. That I wasn't going nowhere. That I wasn't trying to rush out of here. I, don't, I can't tell you the last time I was at church that I stayed long enough to meet someone that I had not met before. I can't tell you the last time. I can't tell you the last time I danced. I can't tell you the last time I sang. I can't tell you the last time I lifted my hands on worship. I can't, tell you, I can't tell you because I have been on the edge so long. I'm just about to lose my mind. I came here today because I'm on the edge. I heard you were doing a finance series and I didn't really want to touch it, but I'm so glad you didn't get to that until you got to me. Because I'm on the edge, not just my finances, me. I'm marginless. And for everybody in this room who would be bold enough, because I'm telling y'all, as I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me to make sure I'm mar I've got margins in my life. But if that's you today and you say this message was for me, it hurt. I need to get some new shoes when I leave here. All my toes have been stepped on. 
But if today that's you and you say, hey, I'm ready to have a margin-filled life. I need to get God back in this thing. If that's you, will you stand to your feet all over the building? Just stand to your feet. Everybody stand. Like, say, hey, it's me. I need, I need that. I need all of that. I need to get some order back in this thing. I need to get some order back in here. I need to get some order back in my family. Get some order back in my mind. Get some order back in my finances. Get some order in my body, in my eating, in my habits, in my spending. I, I, I just need some order. Everybody, thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Can we just raise our hands all over the room? <laughs> we used to sing a song, Kamisha. Kamisha used to wear, um, she used to wear his choir robe that was blue. Um, it was like royal blue and, and uh, light blue. It was a horrible robe. But anyhow, she used to wear it. They used to sing the song, Kamisha. She, Kamisha was an alto. And they used to sing the song, said, order my steps in your word. Lead me. Guide me in your word. I, I, send your anointing, Father, I pray. Order my steps. I know it's an old song, but it's still a current prayer. Lord, order my steps. Like, I keep stepping on the edge. I keep, I keep saying, how far can I go that God can catch me? How far can I go that God can heal me? How, stop living on the edge. Lord, order my steps. Put me back in alignment. Put me back in the place I need to be so that I can give you room to grow, room to move, and so, so that you don't always have to be healing me and blessing me. Give, me. give me to the place that my cup runs over. Give me to that place. Not, I don't just need my cup to be filled. I want my cup to run over. But, Lord, I got too much in my cup now in the first place. I got your stuff and my stuff and everybody's stuff. Lord, put me back in the place. Fill me up, Lord. Me. So everybody just come on right now if you can. Just if you open your mouth and just open your mouth and just say, Lord, it's me right now. I'm coming to you, Lord. Give me some margin. Put me back where I need to be. Put me, put me back in a place where I need to be. Don't, don't play this song. Don't, don't play it. Play anything else. Play. Lord, put me back in the place. Put me back where I need to be. Put me where I need to be. Come on. Open your mouth. Just say, Lord, put me, put me, put me back together. Put me where I need to be. Put me back in line. Order my steps. Order my mind. Order my heart. My, my soul. Redeem me. Free me. Heal me. Lord, put me back. Father, these are your people. This, this is your church, Lord. Everybody in this room, um, I've, I've given your word. I preached it with clarity. I preached it with boldness. I preached it with not being timid. And Lord, this is what you told me to do. And Lord, you want us to, to be back in alignment. That's what you want us to be. You, you told us we got for where we're going. We can't be overwhelmed now. For where we're moving, we can't be stressed yet. We can't be. No, God, teach us. Teach us, Lord, what to do here so that you can trust me with later. Teach me what to do right here so that I can handle later. God, if I'm stressed now, I surely can't handle more. So, Lord, I keep putting straws on my back and you don't want, I, I keep adding stuff. I keep putting more stuff on my agenda and on my calendar. Lord, help me to give it to you. Say, Lord, it's yours. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.